Hello, we're here. We're reviewing the Obi Wan finale. I am sick. I think I have a, a chest infection. Uh, but we are going to power through this for as long as we can. I am joined by Scott. Scott, how's it going? Shattered, mate. But we're trying to <laughs> bring the spirits up. We're going to bring the spirits up because I am going to put my cards out on the table for the show that we got here. I thought this was the perfect finale because we were sitting here a couple of weeks ago, right? Concerned about pacing issues and we're like, oh, I don't know if they can wrap this up in a good way. And what I was impressed with, well, I still think that the season as a whole had the pacing issues we talked about. It managed to completely win me round in a lot of ways with this finale. Were you as positive as I am about it? Um, not as positive as you, because I never am. But uh, <laughs> but I was I wasn't disappointed with this. I'll put it that way. It definitely did have pacing issues, and I was set. It didn't help that I was um, expecting an hour and a half long episode. Yeah. But um, they did really kind of fire through it. Um, it was weird how quick it was, uh, but they they wrapped up everything they needed to wrap up. They managed to get everything in. It was all about just one scene, really, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, well, they wrapped up three different stories, really, and we'll get to them, but um, the one you're talking about, it's, it's Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's that fight uh, that they two have on the on the rock planet. I don't know, did it, did, does the planet have a name? Uh, I'm just going to have... <laughs> yeah, just to try to see. No, it's just a nearby planet. I don't think it has it, but this in this fight we were talking about earlier in the season uh, episode 3 they had the fight it's a weekend Obi-Wan and it was good for storytelling and we got like really good sort of um, <laughs> Michael Myers uh, Vader there but this felt more like the rematch didn't it? This was more the rematch from Mustafar. Um, were you a fan of the way this fight was choreographed? I thought it was fantastic mate, right from the start and uh, you can see like Hugh McGregor, his acting's amazing. Uh, yeah. He's just so confident now. Like you can see how much he's grown, and he's kind of just like he, he's just accepted that this is what's going to have to happen. Um, yeah, I was getting a wee bit tired of his whole like let me go out the way and I'll like I'll be the distraction because people are after me and you mm. can get away. I was getting a bit tired of it at the start of the episode, and then um, I'm just. I'm wa- I'm actually watching it right now, but it's it's just so good, and we get that wee bit of dialogue from the start of um, at the start of the fight from Revenge of the Sith. And he's yeah, like, are you here to destroy me? A bit of a weird line, but I just love the callback anyway. Um, no, it's a good callback. What I like actually like though, Scott, was the call forward that you talked about that I've sort of rushed by. See the Obi Wan bit, like in mm. the with the ship and stuff like that. That's straight out of Last Jedi. This is like very, yes. very, very much last Which might be why I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but I like when they tie everything in because for a long time the prequels got ignored. And what mm. I don't want us to do is to ignore the sequels because they're still Star Wars. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but also, it's very clear that uh, Kylo is Vader's grandson as well. Because that great scene with Vader and the Grand Inquisitor could easily have just been Kylo Ren and Hux. And instead of talking about Obi-Wan, you could be talking about um, Luke. You know what I mean? It's it's really, really good the way they played Vader here. Like, giving in uh, to his anger. And you have the Grand Inquisitor just like, oh, 
okay, fucking go and do what you want. So <laughs> I like those character moments there, but we get to the bit of the fight and Anakin gets the high ground. <laughs> Did you like the, the bit where he sort of buries Obi-Wan in the rubble? Um, or was that was that too much for you? Was that well, a moment that had to happen? Were you a fan of it? I did, I, there's things you can be picky about, definitely, but I was just enjoying it all so much that I didn't really care. Like, um, you're watching it and you're like, really, you, like, after all this time, you think just burying him with rocks is going to be the end of it, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. like, why are you turning your back? Why wouldn't you just fucking murder the guy there? But um, it was a wee bit weird, didn't care, because we want to see him come back and <sighs> jump Vader, and he did. And oh, then it man. really built up, and I was just loving it, man. That's the thing, like when he throws the rocks at him, that's good. Like, there were a couple of thoughts I had. I was like, one, this is very much Spider Man homecoming. Um, and then two, um, the other thought I had was, how many times in this show is Vader just going to leave people <laughs> to live? Like, like oh, just kill yeah. you. I was meant, I was going to bring that up. Right. We talk about Vader's being so, like, like incredibly um, vicious and all that. But when are we going to talk about his actual success rate here? Yeah, like because there's so many cool shots of him just like people are escaping, but he's right there, and you're uh-huh. like, mate, how many times are you going to see people within your reach and just yeah. let them go? Oh, I've Obi- got a tracking device on it. But, yeah. Why? Why don't you just fucking deal with it now? Obi Wan episode three gets away. Um, he lets Reva live in episode four. Rogue One, they get away. Empire Strikes Back, ships get away. Episode five, ships get away. Like the man <laughs> is is getting away with murder. Like I'd start to feel pretty comfortable. If yeah. I saw Vader. I'd like, I, I, I'd like it's fine. Like you've got wait, we compared to my Michael Myers, like Vader's probably walking at the same pace. He has the force, but he never fucking uses it. Like apart from that <laughs> ship that had no one in it. You know, so it doesn't it doesn't really matter. But we then get what I think this whole scene was great, you're right, the fight was great. The sequence where Obi-Wan slashes the helmet and we get the voice of Anakin slash Vader and mm-hmm. the way they combined Hayden and James Earl Jones's voice here was just it was phenomenal, mate. And this is the dialogue we've been talking about. One and when the bit and I saw a couple of people talk about this on Twitter. It was um, PLD and PJ Campbell, who have a great podcast you guys should go and check out. They were saying that the, the, the debate is, see when Anakin says to him, I, no, when Vader says to him, I am not your fate failure. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Which I'll yeah. only give you goosebumps. Do you think that that's Vader bragging about it? And taking the credit almost like no 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 like that's my kill that's a notch in my belt or do you think there's still a part of Anakin there that um, maybe somehow wanted to absolve his friend of the guilt you know what I mean like because I, I was thinking about it in my head like all week like I, I don't know what your thoughts on that are that's a good question I, well Hayden Christensen's acting like he, that he's just staring him down in this really menacing, creepy way uh, yeah. that was just it really like captures your attention. But as far as that, I don't, I don't know. It was it was obviously just there so like Obi Wan can kind of move on, um, and he can go. 
arc, it's not Anakin there, right enough. It's just Darth Vader and he's uh, Anakin's dead and buried kind of thing. Um, and maybe I can get that grief away finally. But I don't, I don't think, I don't think it would be Anakin being like, don't worry about me kind of. I, yeah. I just don't see that. I, I don't see either. To be honest, I don't. I don't know what I think. I think it's there for storytelling purposes, so that yeah. uh, Obi Wan can move on, and we don't see him like constantly with this PTSD thing, and we can like uh, see kind of Alec Guinness where he's more confident on that again, um, yeah. which I liked. I didn't really think about it from Darth Vader's perspective, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, actually, about this fight, I wish I hadn't seen the clip from Rebels with Ahsoka before I'd seen this fight. And I because like they're very similar. Mm, very yeah. similar. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's deliberate. I don't know if it's deliberate because it, both cat or it could be coincidental. Because, and here's why. Both Obi-Wan and Ahsoka basically need the same thing, and that's closure. Both fights would go quite similarly because they're both, I, I want to say, on an equal skill level. You know what I mean? Just canon wise, from what we've seen. Probably. So it's hard to. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'd say Obi Wan's a bit higher than her. Because he, like. Ah, I would say that. He fucked I, up Maul. And, he, uh, so did she. No, I didn't fuck him all. Aye. But the thing is, he fucked up Maul after. We could get into the debate about this, but he fucked up Maul after Maul had, had a, already had a fight against Qui Gon Jinn. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's fatigue there. <laughs> we're getting, we're we're getting get nerdy. We're getting this, really nerdy. Really this, back but, in. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I get what you're saying, though. The, I think it's a problem for us, and that's a rare thing to say, right? Because as people who know about the animated stuff and the other canon stuff, we're treated to a lot more than the people who aren't. Because we get the references, we get to see all these Easter eggs and stuff like that. In this sense, because there's a lot of people who aren't into the anime and stuff and that, this will be the first time they've seen this moment with the, mm. the helmet cut and stuff like that. So that's great. I get what you're saying, though, for us who have already sort of seen it similar. Having said that, this was a, still a cool moment, live action, Hayden Christensen, you know what I mean? Yeah. The way they did the voice as well. I, I think I, it's important yeah. to have it live action because a lot of people are just going to snub the uh, the cartoons and stuff like that. You're you're going to get a wider audience seeing this really cool moment that was almost yeah. kind of hidden in the animation uh, animated shows. Mm. Uh, two moments that I really liked in the scrap uh, the fight as well. Someone finally hit Vader's buttons. <laughs> I've always wanted to see that because you would. Yes. I, well, I that's, feel like if I was standing yeah. next to him, I just wanted press one of them and see what it did right. but uh, and also <sighs> see the breathing effect they do the wheezing yeah that just gives me the feeling man. i think it's so good it makes it's even though he's um he's this horrible character and uh, like a really really bad villain it just, i'm almost like worrying for him i'm like oh my god what's yeah that? i think that comes from the fact that it's hayden though if this makes sense, see the fact we know it's Hayden under the suit this time. Mm. It gives you that stronger connection to the Anakin part of Vader, if that makes sense. Like, see through that fight, 
I was like, and I said at the start, I accidentally linked Anakin, Anakin, Anakin. I wasn't really seeing it as Obi Wan versus Vader one. I was seeing it as Obi Wan versus Anakin Skywalker. This is the rematch from Mustafa. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. But I think that's why you probably had that sort of emotional reaction to it. But I feel like we could wax lyrical about this all day because it's really well done. But a point you made, I thought was great, and I think it actually. Because see, when the Obi-Wan show was announced, I think even we discussed it, like, oh my god, like, he was in the desert, he was protecting Luke the full time, like, what could you do? You know what I mean? The fact that he became happy-go-lucky Alec Guinness, right, that wasn't talked about enough. Like, how did Obi-Wan just go from, right, he's burned his best pal, he's then spent years alone in the desert, and all of a sudden he's this, like, fairly jovial old man. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have happened. So I do think we actually needed this uh, in order to justify him getting to where he where he is in New Hope. Does that make sense? Uh, it does, but to be honest, I I could see why you could leave it as well. I don't think it's completely necessary. Um, the way that Star Wars characters work, you know, the mm. Star Wars is very inconsistent, and I think as fans, we just kind of we just accept that. Um, and I'm fine with it. Uh, what did you think of the location? before we move on from the fight? I thought, I think it's the criticism that people have had with a lot of the new Star Wars and that sometimes it's too simple. You know what I mean? It's the volume, isn't it? Which yeah. is obviously incredible technology. But that's, and, and because you're aware of it now, you just, you're looking at that scene and you're like, they're in the volume. And it yeah. was um, what Kieran was saying last week about there's parts where you can really see where they've pulled the budget in. Yeah. Uh, and it felt like here they did that. And part of me was questioning, why would you decide to pull the budget in here? Why, I, I, I feel like, I I, 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 you know what? The fight's amazing. And I'm the fight's amazing. Picky, but no, but I, I, that was I'm the first thing I did think it. Have been, uh, I thought it as well, though. I did think it. Um, it was. I thought they quickly left my head when the fight sort of started. But I, at first, I was like, "Oh my god, we're going to do it here!" Like, there's just this like moon, basically. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, like they will touch down on the planet, will fight, and then instantly leave again. Mm, yeah. You know, it it but, was. It was a wee bit odd. It felt almost kind of fan filmy in a way. No, at, totally. At Listen, fuck Obi Wan anyway. Right, we need to talk about the real hero of this episode. Okay. A, a woman who will be getting her own spin-off if I have something to say for it. And that is Aunt Baru because she, <laughs> <I wasn't expecting. laughs> okay. she she came to fight, man. She she wasn't taking anyone's shit. Like Owen's floating about the town, he gets told I she's coming for you. Right. Goes back to Baru and he's like, Oh, what are we gonna do? Obi-Wan's off planet and she basically says to him, Well, that's your fucking fault. Here, take this gun. Right, <laughs> I'm just gonna shoot the bitch when she comes in. And I don't know about you, right? A lot of people are saying that canonically it doesn't make sense for Owen and Baru to hold their own against Reva because ultimately we know they get gunned down by stormtroopers, but the argument here is again. This time, this is own and Brew preparation on their own turf. They know she's coming and put a plan in motion, as opposed to them being ambushed. But did you enjoy the Owen and Brew versus Reva scrap? That is such a weird complaint that I've not heard. I've not heard that before. I thought you were going to go because she's she's like trained in the force and stuff like that. 
not because they have preparation. I, I, I don't think any of that matters. Um, what I really liked Baru's line of saying, I well, you you fucked up because you were being a dick to him. And look at your con- look at the consequences. Um, I did like that line, but then right after it, I'm like, are, are you seriously trying to stand your own ground here against like, an inquisitor? And you know about him because surely Owen came back to the gaff after the first episode and being like, yeah. did you see all that mental shit in the market? Because someone got a hand cut off. Someone was like, someone threatened to kill me to like come after the family. You should have seen how fucking wild all that shit was. Like, surely he mentioned that to Baru. Man. I know I would if I was out in the market one day. But Baru doesn't care because Baru's just a like, badass man. Take a rifle and, you know, that kind of dark sheltery bit we've got. You just sit up there and then if she comes close, kick one of the plants at her. That's the preparation. <laughs> mate, mate, she's the best. Like, like she, she's the best character in Star Wars. She's instantly went from zero to hero for me. I didn't really care about Aunt Boo in the past, right? She has a couple lines in A New Hope. She hands out blue milk and that's it. Yeah, yeah, she's nice. She's the nice auntie, right? But now that we know she is, like, the best fighter in Tatooine by a mile, and I include Obi-Wan Kenobi in that, in that category. Um, I'm just I'm very pleased with what we got. But Yeah, she sucker punches Reva, doesn't he? It doesn't she? And she I die. like that um, Darth Vader with all his power and all that and the, the fight with Obi-Wan. He punched Obi-Wan in the face as well. <laughs> that's <laughs> Which just, I wasn't expecting. He does a move that's, uh, that I actually recognise against like Darth Maul because I'm such a fucking nerd. And yeah. I recognise that move. And then I know he just sucker punched him in the face. I loved it. I loved I how he was just ready to brawl. Yeah. It's like that's it. Years. Aye, that's it on a personal score, man. He's like, yeah, it really was. punch him <laughs> in the face. Like, <laughs> can imagine him on the phone of the Emperor? And he's just like, no, no, no. If I see him, I will punch him in the face. He's like, no, no, force joke. No, no, no. I will punch him in the face. I want to feel Aye, my it fist. It's almost like a wee angry kid moment. It's just like, yeah. fucking have this. I but, um, class. But then, the character, uh, I, the blooming character of Baru. What do you make of Reaver's character throughout this season? Because I definitely have thoughts. I love the ending of it. I loved mm. where we got. I think the journey to get where we got with Reaver was a, a path that maybe had a bit too much road on it. I think maybe we saw too much of Reaver. Because if they just made her like angry inquisitor, she's hunting them down, and we get glimpses of it throughout. We didn't need all the time to be with her constantly. I think you know what I mean. Indeed. Um. So by the time we got to the end, it felt a bit more convoluted than it should have. But the fact that she's standing over Luke, and we get the flashes between her and Vader, and she's realizing like where what she's become. And where the, the path and the journey she's went on where it's taken her. I thought that was a really, really effective character moment. Now, having said that, I don't know if she had to survive the events of this show. I yes. don't know if that was a necessity. Maybe it would have been better if Reva's story had ended in tragedy, you know? Yeah. And would have made her a more powerful, a powerful character. But we now have this truly grey sort of force user out in the galaxy and with more shows to come like Andor and a possible season two of this 
I wouldn't mind seeing where our character goes from here, personally. Like, what about you, though? What do you think? I agree with that. I agree with a lot of that. I think we didn't need to see it as much. I think as it, as it was like um, the episodes were going on, it, we did we were getting too much and it felt unnecessary. I think mm. um, I ended up quite underwhelmed with her character. Yeah. I really liked how she started out and uh, as a like as a full on villain, and but mm. it's clear like and they're kind of pushing for her to become a main character in Star Wars. Which mm. I, w- I would have been fine with, but I, it just felt like the way things were going. Um, I agree with you. It should have ended with her having this tragic moment. Like, she's went through all of this, and it's just ended in misery. But instead, we she gets stabbed and mm. and somehow survives it again. And yeah. it's, it's just so clearly, like, just a spin-off kind of thing. And totally. I, I felt like it didn't make sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I was a wee bit underwhelmed. I think the first three episodes and everything was pretty solid, and then it goes off the rails. Yeah, because we've got Vader stepping in, and suddenly she's just not who we want to see. She's not the villain that was commanding the screen in the first three episodes. You know? Yeah. So... I think also they would have been wise to maybe not keep it a mystery. Um, and I know Kieran was saying last week, like, oh, he thought it was obvious for the start. I genuinely believe if we'd seen her have the flashbacks in her head all throughout episodes one, two, and three, and teased the turn on the Inquisitors more, it might have been better. Because I don't think, I, I don't lay any blame for the character at Moses Ingram's store. I think she did great uh, with what she was given. And I'm actually really looking forward to seeing what she can do when Reva doesn't have to be so confrontational with everyone in the future if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah um, i completely agree i just feel um personally that the inquisitors they, they were so at the forefront and then they just kind of mm. weirdly get pushed to the side and in terms of like balancing everything in the show it did feel a wee bit off it fit fe- yeah it felt like there was going to be an movie, and then they had the idea of all these inquisitors um, as maybe a show and then they just right. kind of merged the movie and the show into one and for, for me it, there's something about it that just kind of feels off and this is the one show that I would have actually liked more flashbacks with mm. Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen Order 66 and all that because it's so like prevalent it's so relative to what is going, on, going on and they had time to do it like there were short episodes of this they had time to do those flashbacks that's what i don't um, get it felt um, like they really picked some strange um content to push in this um, more than any other show feels like it had the most interference if that makes sense it like, probably would have yeah because it was maybe a movie it was over at the movie division then they had a script and they rewrote it um i do i do think that there will be a version of this that would have been a bit more streamlined than what we got mm-hmm. um, in the right ways because I don't even mean streamlined in terms of shorter I mean streamlined in terms of what it's aiming to do like what are the themes and like don't get me wrong love this finale love how it wrapped up certain aspects of the story but the journey to get there was a little bumpy you know and you can hear it from what I've been saying um, in the past couple of weeks but anyway there is one last story we need to wrap up and it's Obi-Wan and Leia and we get Scott the lovely moment where 
Obi-Wan reunites, he comes to Alderaan and he gives back um he gives her back Lola, doesn't he? And it's a really, really nice moment. And I'm I don't know about you, because this is another thing people complain about with the canon. I am so glad that she said Obi-Wan and that she knows who he is. Because there are people who are saying it doesn't make sense um for in terms of episode four, and I think that's horseshit. Because the signal, the help signal that she sent into him, this is a woman who by that point had been raised in the formality she's avoided as a child, who had been raised to talk a certain way, who had been raised to use a certain amount of decorum as a senator. You know what I mean? The message she sends him is very formal. And I think that's by design. To me, it's not an indicator that she had didn't know him before that point. You know what I mean? Or do you disagree with that? I, I think... People are looking into it like way too much here. I think it's it's a nice it's a nice wee touch to have a say Obi Wan as if like he's going by this um, alias Ben now. But yeah. you know they've been through a lot now as we know through the show, and it's a kind of familiarity. And uh, it's almost like uh, everyone else is calling him Ben, but you know mm-hmm. we are closer now. So I get to call you Obi Wan, and just by me saying that, like saying your true name, it's. Um, it it's uh, it just shows how our relationship is pretty strong now, and mm. it's a nice it's a nice kind of gesture almost. So yeah, it it, it does put a, a a new twist on the um the message because it does make it feel less kind of formal, I guess, and more kind of reaching out to a friend. Um, yeah. But I I, I like it. I, I liked it before, and I like it now. Yeah. To me, yeah. it doesn't really have much of a... It's not something that this show is really shaking up for me. That's fine. Then also we get the first meeting between Obi-Wan and Luke. You know, Owen has a bit of a change. He's still apprehensive about Obi-Wan, but at least it lets him meet Luke. Uh, we have the hello there line, which is <laughs> always a nice, a nice oh. thing to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it because... It, remember when the show was announced or something it, mu- it must have been when the show was announced and he came onto the stage and he said hello yeah and everyone was like where's the there come on hello yeah. there come on he must get that constantly and see yeah. when he was walked up even on the show and he's walked up and he looks at luke and the camera's on him and he knows that he has to deliver that line and i just yeah. see pain on his face i just like it's like everyone around him has grown up. It's like, yes, he's going to say the line. He's going to say the line. He's going to say and it. he's like, fuck me, man. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> and everyone's like, yes. And he's like, oh, my God. When will this ever end? It's so good, man. It's so People good. People have to live with that forever. I love it. I love it so much. I love it. But anyway, we finally get the cameo we were expecting. And we knew it was coming right at the bitter end. Um <laughs> quite got gin in the desert it's just like took you long enough uh, to Obi-Wan and the implication is that now Obi-Wan is going to go and basically continue training under his master um, and learn the ways of the force in a deeper level um, with how to sort of return after death uh, from Qui-Gon Jinn did you like the, the appearance we got here from uh, Liam Neeson and would you be interested in seeing this this story continuing in season two. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? I did like seeing Liam uh, Liam Neeson. Yeah, I did, and I don't know. I feel like they've got a, a good wee connection there, um, and it was it was good to see him return, obviously. But 
don't I don't know how they'll get another season's worth out of this. Um, out of just like him deepening his connection because that's all it really would be. I don't see another big major reason for why he would have to leave. You, you need to watch what you're doing as well with like how many reasons are we going to have him um, to like mm. how many times are we going to drag him away before it's like this is ridiculous. Let's be honest, yeah. he, he was never really there. He popped by every now and again. Yeah. Um, aye, so I, I don't know, mate. I, I would like to see it because I really wanted to see more kind of Clone Wars stuff with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. I know they're older. I wanted to see live action um, of what that, like just that kind of snippet with yeah. the whole practical clone armor stuff they've got going on now and all that. I would have loved for a closer connection. I would have loved this show to tie in a wee bit more closely to the prequels and the events that happened there as a whole and maybe mm. kind of deepen the connection between the two as them being friends Hayden and um, Ewan McGregor I mean uh, because they say that in episode 3 they're like we never really see them have any kind of friendly moments and I feel like yeah we, we've already mentioned that this show like offers itself two flashbacks um, and maybe that would have been a good opportunity for more friendly moments and the more of these moments of friendship that we see the more heartbreaking it will be when yeah. they have to come across each other because the uh, one flashback we get is them fighting and yeah. it's Anakin yeah, it's sort of succumbing to his anger um, at mm. that point. So you're right, we didn't get the flashbacks we needed, you know. Uh, we needed more of the saving them from the nest of Gundars and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That's, that's... <laughs> That was so, such a weird line, isn't it? Yeah, but that's that's the stuff that we really want to see. The, the one thing I skipped over before we finish as well, the Palpatine-Vader relationship here is really great, I think, because... Mm. Part of me is like, oh, Palpatine's going to come in and scold them. But it's also, it's almost like Palpatine's like, um, what, wary? Or he's like too shrewd. And he's like, if I piss him off here, like he could just go off the rails. <laughs> like, I just need to sort of calm him down. <laughs> I, I love that moment where it's just like a parent and like knowing how to deal with our child. Like, what vibe did you get from that scene? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, got a, I took something different from that. I was more. I was more impressed by how it just seems like he knows how to play Vader mm. so easily. He's like, instead of coming in and being like, what the fuck are you doing chasing him about? You know, I've got bigger plans and all that. He doesn't really matter. He's like, you know, what What do you really... It's almost like sitting him down having a wee kind of yeah. talk with the therapist or something. He's like, do you really think this is the best idea? And then Vader kind of winds his neck in. He's like, oh, I guess not. And he's just played him. And it seems yeah. so effortless. And then yeah. maybe... The, like, I, I don't know, maybe if you really want to go far with it, it would be like, it takes Vader's son Luke to actually open his eyes and stop being this dog on a leash kind of thing. Mm. Um, and I think we, we that is just a complete, just such a good scene of seeing Vader on a leash. With all his yeah. power and all that that we've seen, he's still got someone above him who just controls everything in the end. I totally, totally. Well, listen, I think we've wrapped it up the best we can. That was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, you know, that was, that was it. That was the show. I think over the, the course of the season, my thoughts have been, it was good. A great finale. Fantastic moments. Could have been better overall. What are your what are your closing thoughts? Are they the same or are they, they different? I, they don't differ too much, mate. I'd, I'd say the same thing. It's really, really strong start for me. Um, and then kind of wobbled in the middle with 
odd pacing, like we said. Um, mm. Odd odd choices and where they're wanting to take the story. I felt yeah. like maybe more obvious routes they could have taken. Um, and the end, the ending was good. We got what we wanted in the end, didn't we? Um, totally. So, 100%. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, there's a lot that will carry on into Andor, which will be the next uh, Star Wars show we visit. I think before then, we're going to try and get a wee review in of Moon Knight and um, what's her name? Miss Marvel as well, which I've been enjoying so far, by the way. I would definitely recommend it. I would give a wee recommendation. Uh, Stranger Things as well from the TV side as well would be a nice thing to get. But we'll be back with Andor. Will we see O'Shea Jackson Jr. pop back up in that? Will the path be involved? Reva maybe even show up? We don't know. But we hope that you'll stick around and listen to the next installment, whatever it may be, of the podcast. See you later. See you after. Yeah,